keep your hand on your gun Don't you trust anyone There's just one kind of man that you can trust That's a dead man or a gringo like me Hey everybody, welcome to Throwback to School, the podcast where we talk about stuff we liked in high school and whether it's good anymore or not, and we uh, take probably culturally insensitive songs and use them as our theme song for the episode. Hi, my name is Andrew, and with me is my culturally sensitive co-host. Oh, thank you. It's me, Liza. Liza. I'm culturally sensitive. I think you're pretty culturally sensitive. Oh, that's very kind. I yeah. try. I try really hard, and yeah. sometimes I fail. And I learn. Hey, I mean, that's a great lesson. We all could be a little more culturally sensitive and we could all use a little forgiveness. I will say that forgiveness. song you chose was pretty good. Thank like you. In terms of Thank you. picking it. Yeah, we, a uh, little behind the scenes, a little BTS, uh, we did not have a song picked out beforehand. And I asked <laughs> you if you had one. You said no. And then you asked me if I busted. had one. And yeah, busted. <laughs> and then I didn't have one. And then it took. I thought about it for a second. And yeah. then that from the hot you're really good at this thank you that was that was on the hot rod soundtrack uh who is it uh peter peter gabriel peter gabriel (laughs) peter uh peter tevis Hmm, who knows who that is but that was a great choice for the movie we watched today thank you thank you um welcome to throwback to school welcome everybody um liza how are you doing I'm good. Uh, settling into 2020. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely. Uh, <laughs> we're on the couch again today, which yeah. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. Still a team couch person. Mm-hmm. Hashtag team couch. Yeah. What um, uh, What sort of changes have happened in 2020? So far? Yeah. What are you implementing into your life that is a 2020? Oh, like a resolution? Sure. Mm, I don't do those because I already put um, a lot of... Uh, pressure on myself uh-huh. <laughs> without it being a new year so um i don't need to add to that but um i don't know i'm just like introspect yeah introspecting on myself is okay where what i've been doing uh-huh. so far and i think it's a good thing to do for everyone so yeah. i'm just gonna keep on chugging along that's a great <laughs> lesson for everybody <laughs> what about you are you doing anything new <coughs> so far in 2020 uh, I'm trying to be healthier both in like uh, my physical health and my mental health. That's important. So uh, trying to eat better and uh, my doctor, this is a little too in the weeds. My doctor put me on new, I'm a diabetic. And so my doctor put me on a new round of medication and seeing how that's hmm. affecting my body. So just trying to be healthier trying and to see how that goes. Yeah. So right. yeah, just I hope work. it goes okay. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> Actually, I hope it goes shitty. <laughs> what I really want. Um, so yeah, that's the, those are the things I'm implementing. That was uh, again, like I'm also not a, a resolutions person. It just sort of like lines up that my doctor started so, on the yeah, year. Yeah, maybe so, they have a resolution. Oh my god, their resolution was to put me on a new round of medication. <laughs> their resolution is to try that new medication on their patients. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. That's what a great weird. resolution. Yeah. As the ball <laughs> drops, just like I think this year I'm going to change everybody's medication <laughs> that sounds fun yeah any doctors out there if that's your resolution you can let us know by uh hashtag uh med oh no <laughs> you thought of that on the spot yeah you're proud of that i can tell that was from pretty the good. Little you glitter got, you, in your eye you gotta admit uh, it's pretty good not bad 
Um, I'll give it to you in that way. Thank you. So uh, what we watched today wasn't the Mexican. It was, in fact, Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, J.K. Simmons, and a surprise appearance by Gene Hackman in The Mexican. The Mexican. The movie. The movie. 2001. 2001. A little bit of a rom-com, a little bit of a uh, action uh-huh. adventure. Um, yeah, I was prepared in the card to say that it's one of those, it's part of the series of Liza's rom-com with more calm than rom, but the more we watch the movie and the m- lesser rom there is. There wasn't a ton of rom. It's a rom because it, ends it with, has it, a couple and he ends with a kiss. It ends on a rom. But it's not mostly a rom. It's not. And it's not a calm. It's also, I mean, like, it is, so. Um, it's not funny, haha. Do you want me, uh, I'll, I'll read the synopsis okay, real quick. Okay, go ahead. Um, let me, I have to find it first. But it, it is, before, uh, while I'm getting to the synopsis, it is funny to watch this because Brad Pitt and um, J.K. Simmons especially, the, when they're together, it's like they're acting in like a uh, like a farce. Like they are just like they're like bong like they're they're being <laughs> such weirdos yeah. together. But like it feels like scenes from a different movie at times because mm. the, it's like they're trying out for the three stooges. Cause there's there's a scene where they go both bend down to get something, they bonk each other in the head. Um but it I, there's some calm. There's some calm, but it's not like the main theme of the movie is calm do you want me it's to mostly a heist do you want me to read the plot synopsis written by ck or the plot synopsis written by anonymous 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 yeah. okay. anonymous is the shorter one so that's good <laughs> uh a man tries to transport an ancient gun called the mexican believed to carry a curse back across the border while his girlfriend pressures him to give up his criminal ways this synopsis okay. makes it really uh, like on her of as uh, like a killjoy. Yeah, like, <laughs> like he really wants a, to like what a bitch. Yeah, I yeah exactly. Like he'd have so much fun taking this cursed gun across the border if it wasn't for his girlfriend, <laughs> who's nagging him along. Yeah, this the other one is also uh, a little bit Misogynistic? of a. Yeah, uh, Jerry Wellback is given two ultimatums. His mob boss wants him to travel to Mexico to get a priceless antique pistol called the Mexican, or he will suffer the consequences. The other ultimatum comes from his girlfriend, Samantha, who wants him to end his association with the mob. Jerry figures that being alive, although in trouble with his girlfriend, is a better alternative, so he heads south of the border. Finding the pistol... Oh, sorry. Finding the pistol is easy, but getting it home is a whole other matter. The pistol supposedly carries a curse, a curse Jerry is given every reason to believe, especially when Samantha is held hostage by the gay hitman Leroy to ensure the safe return of the pistol. Neither of these synopsis mention the fact that Jerry is a dumb shit. Yeah, he is a like it, he's, he's a, a doofus. He's a Homer Simpson level buffoon. Yeah, in this like it, played by hottie Braddy Pitt, yeah. mind you, but still like a a doofus. He's I, like. They and they portray. It's not like he, he. They portray him as dumb compared to other characters in the movie. It's mm-hmm. not like you you're getting that from like context clues or something. So like when he gets to Mexico, for instance, mm-hmm. he is renting a car, mm-hmm. and the guy at the counter's like, he says, "What kind of car am I getting?" He says, "A Chrysler," and then he's like, "Couldn't I get something a little more?" You know, like he wants something more authentic to Mexico. Whatever that means, and. The two dumb characters, him and J.K. Simmons, both say that same thing to that same 
uh, rent a car dealer, mm-hmm. but like the smart characters just get whatever car they it, they're given because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like they are both portrayed as idiots who want the me- authentic Mexican experience in air quotes. Yeah, like but, whatever the idea they have in their head, right? Like going to be they want to like blend in quote unquote yeah. and then they don't because they're given this like ridiculous like Camaro or yeah. whatever those cars are. Um, El Camino. Yeah. The fuck yeah. Yeah. Calling them in the movie. Yeah. He is a doofus. Like he's portrayed as the doofus with a heart. Like he ends up criming, but out of, out of like out of his dumbness. Like right. he doesn't mean to do crime, but he just like happens to like fall in the wrong hands yeah. or like he got in trouble because he didn't pay attention while driving and got a mob boss in trouble. Right. He with seems to police. like bumble his way into situations. Yeah. Like there's a joke later in the movie where Julia Roberts says, you basically force gumped your way into mm-hmm. blah, 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 which is not inaccurate. Like yeah. force gump just see like in, you know, in force gump, he just seems to be incidentally in all these areas in history. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Brad Pitt in this movie. He just seems to be a doofus mm-hmm. and then get caught up in some sort of scam, like thing. Where he has to like pay back the mob by doing some action because yeah. he, in the first place was too much of a doofus to like, pay attention to one thing yeah when like would the mob trust a doofus to do a job it, when they've already had examples that he sucked a couple times yeah. like that's just bananas there's a couple things in this movie where it's like it's a little too much cuteness and convenience for like plot mm-hmm. for it to like truly make sense mm-hmm. there's one that gets explained away within a few seconds like we we did uh late, late in the movie um the like mob boss shows up in mexico and like he calls julia roberts on the phone and then he just pops her out from under the corner no longer on the phone like he's uh, not holding a, anything right he's it turns out tips. he's it turns out he's having he has like a little earpiece in that's like a wired earpiece because mm-hmm. we don't have bluetooth yet in 2001 i guess um but there's a few of those where just like it's a little too much like wouldn't this be cute and then they will be a good shot. Right. And instead of like having an explanation, she's like, no, that was cute. So uh, who cares? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these that like you're mentioning, um, the other one that is like that is the fact that the, so while Brad Pitt is having his misadventures in Mexico, Julia Roberts is being kidnapped by, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini, who we assume or were told that he's the one of the the mob boss, one of the mob's hitman. They're trying to make sure to capture her so that in case doofus Braddy Pitts um, turns on them and wants to sell the gun himself or keep it, they will have his sweetheart hostage. She's 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 collateral or whatever. yeah. Yeah. He kidnaps her after what we understand killing another hitman dude. There's yeah. it seems like at first there's two dudes after Julia Roberts. Gandolfini kills, or it seems like he kills this dude. And so for a good forty five minutes to an hour of the movie, we've forgotten about this other hitman. Yeah. And randomly, while they're still misadventuring this hitman who we thought was dead an hour ago shows up again. Yeah. Which is very confusing. Like there wasn't any shots of him like 
at the hospital surviving the shot the three shot wounds to the chest well i think that i think that was supposed to be the the like you were supposed to be like i don't think the idea was that the you were supposed to be on that yeah something. it was like a twist for the audience to know that he's still alive yeah the part that's a little too cute for it to be plausible is that so it turns out that the uh james gandolfini character was masquerading as the other hitman right so he was pretending his name was leroy that was the name of the hitman that he had supposedly killed right um and meanwhile uh julia roberts sees that he has the name winston tattooed on his arm and she says why what's you know what why the name winston he says oh that's somebody someone i don't like somebody who i don't like mm-hmm. and as it turns out, that's his name. His real name is Winston. Right. And why the frick would you tattoo your own name? That's, yeah. That, I think that, that, that I don't understand. So, like, I think that was, like, an intent, like, you know, you are supposed to then think about, oh, he doesn't like himself. But it's a little too clumsy to get to that. Like, mm-hmm. it, they could have had a thing where, like, he had a book with the name Winston on it or something. You know, just some like memento that has mm-hmm. his own name on it where like she could see it and be like, hey, what's who's Winston? He could be like, oh, somebody who I don't like anymore. Mm-hmm. Instead of having it tattooed on his arm was just like a little too like, uh, like why if he, it, why would he tattoo his own name on his arm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I Yeah, I've, I don't buy that. It's, it, that was weird. And those moments make it seem like you know let's say one person wrote the whole movie the whole whole, like um screenplay and then another person was like wait i didn't get like there was like huge plot holes yeah and one other person was like wait this doesn't make any sense and the person who wrote it just like added a band-aid yeah to like make this other person happy but they didn't like fully like yeah kind of take back or or repurpose some things to like yeah. fully make sense to a human brain like some of it is very like oh, okay yeah. this is a little loose in the end yeah so uh tell me why did you watch the mexican in high school i liked loved uh this movie in high school i haven't seen it since high school i don't think so uh-huh. that was fun to rewatch but the first time the- i'd seen it oh really yeah oh i didn't know that yeah. oh Okay, well, we'll get to your review later. I can't wait to say <laughs> what I have on my mind. Um, I this is the era of Brad Pitt I really liked. Uh huh. Um, I mean, this so there's Fight Club, Snatch, The Mexican, Ocean's Eleven, basically like that's yeah. back to back. Not that I I've never seen Snatched, Fight Club I've seen a few times. It's a little too intense. Sure. For me now as an adult, it's he's definitely not in too. A, in- he's not in Snatch a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Um, but he's fun in it. Yeah. Is it a funny movie or is it dark like... It's like... It, I mean, it's a Guy Ritchie movie, so it's it's like very... It's frenetic. So it's like... Mm. It, it's it's a movie... Um, like, it's a bunch of disparate characters sort of all moving towards the same goal, like the oh, same finish okay. line. And so he mostly interacts with uh, Jason Statham's character oh in it jason statham this is like pre you know pre crank pre fast yeah fast and the furious Mm -hmm. jason statham jason statham was not in transformers um what the transporter i think is what you're thinking of what did i say transformers oh same difference um (laughs) they both do include cars so that's (laughs) well here i go yeah my Um, pee brain don't know difference (laughs) 
It's just the women don't understand Jason <laughs> Statham movies, I think. Doesn't he transform into a bumblebee? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. A cute little bee. Wow, that was a, a really bad joke I was making, but now she's making me think it's not a joke. <laughs> oh, no. What but do anyway, I do? I'm in a position. Um, He... Uh, so Cute my club was really intense, uh, but I did grow up watching like Thelma and Louise, which is like older or super baby young. Brad Pitt. Yeah, baby Brad Pitt with his cute little butt. But baby Brad Pitt. Then I love the Ocean's Eleven uh-huh. franchise. Actually, yeah, um, doesn't seem like it would be up my alley, but I find it really fun to watch. I don't love Thirteen, but I do love that series of movies. I've heard that before. I I don't like Twelve, and I do like Thirteen. But I also I haven't seen them in a while. Thirteen. I mean, sorry, twelve. Really, I did um, not like twelve. Mm, there's something about Brad Pitt, especially in that series where he's just constantly eating that I yeah. love. Um, and twelve is more about Brad Pitt than the other ones, right? Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm, because that's where you meet his like lover. Yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones. And anyway, this is the era of Brad Pitt I really like. The like frosted tips. Yeah. Um. Uh, tinted sunglasses but not don't like quite block out his eyes Mm -hmm. yeah like not like he's cute and and you know attractive for sure but he's still like not acting the like super macho like i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's like i think like this movie is that the character that he plays not in uh fight club but the character that he kind of portrays in like Friends or the Oceans movie. Right. We're like, like he's, likable. He's likable. He can get it together, but he's also kind of a dummy. He's kind of a dummy. He has swag. Yeah. Um, there's something like a lovable doofus that like doesn't mean harm. Yeah. Even if they do crime. Yeah. I don't know. So that area of Brad Pitt, I was really into. I really liked Julie, a lot of things that Julia Roberts was in. Did you um, notice she doesn't do the laugh? In this one? Yeah. That's true. I did grow up watching Pretty Woman. Yeah. And then Erin Brockovich was huge in my household. Uh-huh. Um, so between the two of them, it's just a power couple yeah. on screen. They're they're both I think in this movie they they are good at like the like back and forth yelling and actually i'm really looking forward to reading the trivia which i didn't do before yeah i wanted ke- to watch the movie that like are, is some of it improv i don't know their chemistry is very like it, it i've very much believed it in this movie yeah, and like, they have a really good back and forth yeah. banter that i i'm really into uh and i was really into i think as a youth yeah i wonder if because they they do a fair amount of it when they're on screen together and i wonder like because I was thinking while they were doing it, I was like, I wish this has been in the movie more. But I also wonder if like it had been in more, would I be more sick of it? Like would right. it sort of wear out as annoying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and we did make the poignant in <laughs> comments. God, weren't we so we smart while we were watching this movie? <laughs> They're truly on screen together a total of 15 minutes yeah. out of a two-hour movie. It's, yeah, it's very strange. It's that very funny that they're like the main meat yeah. of the attraction of this. I mean, the yeah, the movie is majority Brad Pitt either by himself or with J.K. Simmons and then Julia Roberts with James Gandolfini. Yeah, that's that's most of the movie. Yeah. Um, like... 80% of it yeah. is that and then um they are yeah they're they have a scene they have a shouting scene in the beginning where she's throwing him out of the apartment 
they yell at each other over the phone, which truly they're not actually on screen together. Yeah. And then at the end, they have a romantic moment. There's mm-hmm. like a car ride in the middle of the movie. Yeah. But that's it. Like, and, but they do have, I think it's well cast because of that chemistry. And mm-hmm. I, it's really, it was really important for this movie because for all the like flaws that we found, yeah, they still are the ones that are like carrying this movie yeah. to make it watchable. And like, you care about those characters because of them. Yeah. If it, I can't imagine it with other folks, like I think it would be complicated. It, I don't know. What I do you mean like loud mouths. Yeah. It's also it's strange to watch when I I, I made this poignant comment while we were watching. Um, <laughs> Gosh, God, we, we were we were on we fire were on today. A roll, yeah. Um, it's strange seeing Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt portray like just people. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not. Like, pretty joe schmoes yeah and mm-hmm. like you know seeing because there's a scene early on where she's throwing all this stuff out of their apartment and to see them acting like two normal movie characters is like it, it feels like an oddity because mm-hmm. like and it's not even like the beginning of their careers like right. this isn't like mystic pizza yeah and you know i'm just like i'm trying to picture like i think you know as far as like movie stars in the world like you know tom cruise like i'm trying to imagine tom cruise doing that like now no you know and impossible like, well he only well i mean he does mission, mission impossible. impossible what were you gonna say <laughs> no he he only plays like your your action hero yeah. now and brad pitt is either directing or an action hero like what was the i can't remember the last movie he was movies? in I feel like Julia Roberts is at the point in her career where she's just going to be doing biopics right. of famous people yeah. anyway, or queens or whatever yeah. the fuck. So it felt it felt very novel to see them on screen being like normal people who are having uh-huh. a fight in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't know, like uh, to see stars, you know, like mega movie stars doing that. Not that it's like beneath them or something. No, but it's it, so sort of like refreshing, I yeah. guess. Especially at the time. They're, yeah, like I said, there's they were still really famous in 2001. Yeah. Like they, they had peaked. They were peaking. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's one of the reasons they picked them yeah. to attract uh, people to this movie and sell it as a rom-com, even though like it doesn't really check all the boxes of a rom-com. No. And like that, I think the movie poster is very deceptive because the movie mm-hmm. poster is a scene from the last like 30 seconds of the movie mm-hmm. where like Julia Roberts is sitting on a, like a doorstep and he kisses her and yeah. it's like that happens at the very that may as well be the last shot of the movie. And it technically doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the plot. But it makes you think that this is a this is a journey with Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts going through Mexico. Yeah. You know, whatever like whatever the story ends up being, they don't like they like escape together. Right. Or like they did the heist together. Yeah. Like it's a Bonnie and Clyde thing. Yeah. Or or yeah, are they being chased together? Yeah. No. Like I said, <laughs> I I'd not seen this movie, but I was like aware of it. And I knew that they were in this movie together. And so I sort of figured that it was like a, a thing where they were, they were fighting the entire movie, but also trying to get this gun to, you know, position X, Mm -hmm. you know, in the meantime, they're like fighting with each other. But as it turns out, like you said, maybe 20% of the movie, they are interacting with each other. Yeah. It's mainly, so the other part that I think, so I think the part that made me want to watch the movie is Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts. But then 
what made me like the movie after watching it the first time. And I, I think we had it like recorded at my house. I see, uh-huh. I saw it a lot in high school. So it must have been recorded at my house or we had the DVD maybe. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. But um, is the whole like, well, first it was shot in Mexico. There's just a lot of scenery and like they drive through tiny little towns in the middle of the nowhere and all of that stuff was like really fun i think for me it yeah. just like seemed very um foreign yeah. uh, like I, I didn't know it and so it was interesting to watch and then on top of that there they have so this pistol that was that is kind of the meat of or the the main reason yeah. why everybody's chasing or killing each other in this movie. There's three stories that are being told about what, like the legend of this, why the gun is yeah, cursed. Exactly. What, yeah, what happened with it. And the people have different versions of this legend that are being told to Brad Pitt and why the gun is important and yeah. who seeks it and why they seek it. Um, so dearly, and each of those stories is not just like told one character to the other. It's reenacted yeah. in this like old fashioned silent movie type um, yeah. with separate actors uh, in black and white or like this sepia tone yeah. kind of look um, and with like music and it's very like dramatic kind of Buster Keaton type. Yeah, it's um, almost done like they don't quite do it, but it's almost like in Ant-Man when Michael Pena like reenacts people talking to each other and he like does their dialogue for them. Yeah. It's almost like that, but like nobody's doing their voices for them or anything mm-hmm. like it's that. It's just like the story is told with like, so then they become the narrator of this thing and then they don't really have the actors talk but yeah. you, like the story the narrator tells us what they say or right. how they over feel. their mouths moving but they're, While they're, they're not like talking dramatically for them. acting yeah. yeah um and there's just something so fun about that mm-hmm. i i love it i i loved it in high school yeah. i love that movie um like tool yeah. of of switching genres to tell the like russian doll story yeah. within the story yeah. if that makes sense like harry potter did it i was trying to think of other movies that have done it the only one i can think of is harry potter sure. the last one that's how they explain the deathly hollows is like a whole animated yeah chunk of the movie and when i saw it i just like i don't expect it it's a completely different genre or even visual like in inter- for harry potter it was like a whole media new yeah. media introduced and i just it's just like such a fun way to break up your movie, especially if you're going to have people narrate this rando story over and multiple times too. Yeah. Like there's something really fun and like it paces the movie so much better, especially for this movie. Like we said, that has a, a bunch of flies. It's still two hours long, yeah. but it breaks it up because of these little vignettes of stories you have yeah. in the middle. And then you end up caring about more characters than you're truly introduced to. Yeah. Um, I just that part I think is my favorite part of yeah. this movie, and I think is why I liked it in high school. Is yeah. like probably the first time I had ever seen that being done, and I just thought like, wow, that's so smart! Like, what a great way to change it up within yeah. your movie, um, and have like more than one genre. Yeah. So let's get to what you thought of it today. Okay. Uh, what did you, what did you think of it watching it today? Mm, today, today, today. 
while sitting on the beautiful couch downstairs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this couch I is beautiful. Felt like this movie. Oh heck! Oh I would, heck! I want to give it a four and a f- four and a half. Uh, pistol tied to my thigh with a bandana. <laughs> Loosely tied with a bandana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I will rewatch it. Uh huh. Um, it was. I was really afraid it was going to be offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it is. We almost had a moment. David Crumholtz is a character very early in the movie, mm-hmm. and he's shrouded like he's wearing like a hat that's like kind of covering his mm-hmm. face. He has like very like spotty facial hair, so mm-hmm. it's like. It w- it was hard to tell if they were trying to pass him off as Latino or not, mm-hmm. and he's not, and he's not he's Jewish. He's not, yeah. And it, as it turns out, they weren't. He was just a guy hanging he's around, just an American yeah, dude, just an American dude in the yeah. bar. And so w- at first, it was like it was hard to hear what he was saying too. So it was like, is he you, faking an pl- accent? Yeah, please don't tell me he's doing yeah. like a fake Latino accent. As it turns out, he, just a white guy mm-hmm. in a bar with yeah. a bunch of Hispanics, mm-hmm. and so or uh, Mexicans, and so he was not. It was not an offensive, like we were both like, is this, you know, like, like putting a white guy in Latino Mm -hmm. makeup. And so as it turns out, it wasn't that. So yeah. And I really dodged a bullet on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Because he didn't. Um, And I, yeah, I mean, they they did hire quite a bit of Mexican folks and Mexican Americans in the movie. I don't think, and I'd be happy to hear another um if there is something problematic please let yeah. me know like i'm happy to hear it um but they are using like those folks n- there, it's not like they're the bad guys like yeah they're the mob or they're like mm-hmm. ignorant or like there's not this like main trope of everybody who's mexican who is in the movie yeah they are there's like you know a little bit of everything even the guys that were originally steal the car from bad pit kind of like by the end you understand that they have their own reasons of what they were doing and who they had they were hired by yeah and then the, they end up helping Brad pit anyway like there's just like more to the story on every character almost uh-huh. um then you have the whole like a gay dude on TV in 2001. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's probably the part that they were the most like felt, um, uh, like liberal about or yeah. something. And not portraying him as like a, like stereotypical playboyant. gay character. Yeah. Yeah. He's not effeminate. He's just a right. dude. I wonder whatever. if like that was more of a Gandolfini call where he was like, mm. I'll play a gay person, but I'm just not going to change who I am whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will act like I don't me. know, or or they they wanted a like macho look or like sure. macho looking big dude as a hitman. Yeah, that happens to be gay specifically because they wanted to tell that story. I sure. don't know. It's yeah. a good question. Um, and but the whole scene of like Julia Roberts being like, "Oh, I knew it, I knew it," like yeah. that to me was very 2001 uh-huh slash oh, maybe she was like now she was like one second away from saying my gaydar was going yeah. crazy <laughs> you know like all women have it 
<laughs> or like some weird thing about like oh my cousin's uncle or like right. whatever, some bullshit right like it's that. also like i think it feeds into maybe the like stereotype that like ugh, all women want is a gay best friend yeah you know, sort of thing that like i think really existed in media at that time where it's like mm-hmm. gay gay men their main like their main objective in movies and tv was to be the straight woman's best friend yeah yeah that's their only reason for yeah, life right because otherwise you can't have like an actual gay romance even though there's partially one in this movie mm-hmm. um but it's not really any part of the story it's just something that happens to the side yeah yeah um so it it's not offensive it's still like 2001 with its own Kind it of has its 2001 charm spices yeah. yeah exactly um but yeah I, I would still give it a it was a four and a five experience four and a half out of five experience yeah the movie itself is probably technically just a three but i'm just still, a three is pretty good <laughs> it's it's halfway there yeah um how about you? Did you? What were your feelings the first time? First time. It? I'm surprised you had never seen it before. Yeah, I don't know. Just it never crossed my DVD player. Mm. Um, I had more fun watching this than I thought I was going to. Okay. I saw the runtime and I was like, ugh, I bet this mm. is. I bet this would be better at a, like an hour forty. It would be a really long, just rom com. Yeah, but I think it it is like you said. There are enough like vignettes spliced into it. There's enough like of I and I think like. The reason I thought two wow two hours it's like two hours three minutes mm-hmm. and I was like oh gosh like I can't imagine that a full two hours three minutes of Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt fighting with each other is going to be not going to be exhausting and I think having them apart from each other having their own separate adventures and then ending up in the same place I think broke the idea of that up and I think like made for a very fun movie so like I think I'll give it three and a half all right yeah. That's pretty high for Three you. Three and a half ancient like. guns out of five. Ooh. So yeah, I I had fun. Dangerous. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I um, I I recommend people to watch it even now, especially if you like the like older Brad Pitt, older Julia Roberts mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, there's some like people you'll recognize like J.K. Simmons and there's some other folks. J.K. Simmons with a wild hairstyle. Oh yeah. They gave him this like creepy comb over. Yeah. Blonde shit. That's truly unappealing. Yeah. It's, but I guess you're not supposed to like him anyway. Right. So that's like the visual way for them to do that. But it's truly, um, sad. It's truly sad. Truly J.K. Simmons in that manner. Yeah. All right, let's move on to. <gasps> let's welcome good old Fernando on the pod. Fernando! Welcome, Fernando. Welcome, Fernando, uh, to the couch. Yeah, well, get sit on the couch, Fernando. Here right, we go. Come right on. here. Um, Fernando wants to know. Yeah, thank you for adding that sound effect, <laughs> patting the couch. Um, Fernando has a question. Uh, shoot, Fernando, shoot. Do you have any stories of maybe a date owning or a like gun? a friend or like a friend outing of owning a gun? 
of going to see a movie? Do you have like movie dates or like movie outing oh. stories from high school? From high school? Yeah. Oh, I. Oh man! I guess you could you could you could go outside. High I school have you. a funny. You have, like, I have a, good a funny story. theater like in the movie theater uh-huh. story. It isn't from high school. That's fine. Um, we did. I did see quite a bit of movies in high school. And I was working at the science center when I was in high school, so I'm sure there should be a funny story there. But um, the one that I'm thinking of was when I was a kiddo. Uh huh. Okay, this is like one of my family's favorite stories to tell. So, okay, get ready. I can't wait. So, um, Titanic comes out. Uh huh. It's 1997, I think, something like sure. that. So I'm five or six years old, mm-hmm. probably six years old, and um. It's jam packed in the theater. Mm-hmm. It's the bigger theater in my hometown, yeah. so it's called the Palace. Wow. And there's like there were like six rooms or uh-huh. six like amphitheaters within it. Okay. Um so it was like the big one where you go see big movies yeah. at. Uh and it's jam packed. Like Titanic is booming, everyone is going to see it. Yeah. Um and my almost my whole family goes. It's me, my mom my brother John was still living with us and my sister. And I feel like there were more people than that. So I don't know if we like came with friends friends or or something. I remember it being a big group, but I don't know. And anyway, it's so jam packed that we're like, if we're not on the main front row, we're on the second row. Uh Like we're so close to the front for like three and a half hours or however long that freaking movie is, which now with retrospect, I'm like, who brings a six-year-old to a three-and-a-half-hour <laughs> yeah. movie? Yeah. You know how you have a hard time sitting still at home? For wait, 20 minutes. Wait till you see this. <laughs> and I don't know if they were just like, ah, she'll probably just fall asleep and it'll be fine. Right. It's better than like a She'll appreciate Leo. <laughs> so I did fall asleep. Uh-huh. I remember waking up. Um, I fell asleep like halfway through and I remember waking up right before um, the uh, boat fully. Like I remember watching the part where the people are falling from the back onto the, um, what is it called? The uh, propellers in the back, Uh the horrible scene where people are like falling off and then like banging their heads on the propellers, which is horrifying. And anyway, I'm waking up for that. And then um the uh I continue watching the movie and then as we all know, oh, this is spoilers for Titanic if anybody out there has been living under a rock. Yeah, if you haven't seen, seen this movie from twenty two years ago. <laughs> yeah, some people die. <laughs> the So they get in the water, Rose and Jack, and they find the plank, the big ass door. Um, and Rose goes on there because Jack tells her to, and then Jack doesn't, he tries to get on it sort of, Yeah. but then there's a shot. James Cameron has a shot of them like further away. So you can see how big the fucking door is Uh and how he would definitely fit two people. Um, no questions asked. But he doesn't know that. (laughs) Oh, Jack, <laughs> not James Cameron. <laughs> he creates his door and he's like, I'm not really sure if I make this big that they'll both be able to fit. Uh, Let me do I'm a wide not, shot yeah. to I'm make sure. I'm just unsure, yeah. 
So I need I need to <laughs> this thing I'm creating. I need to create a wide shot so I can see. No, but I don't, well, Jack knows he sees it with his eyeballs. He tries a couple times and then they give up and then he dies in the water because he, he's fucking hypothermia. Uh-huh. And anyway, I'm six years old. And you feet on the seat like and I'm standing. <laughs> you start cheering that he's dead. No, I start screaming. A little six-year-old screaming at the top of my lung. Get on the plank. Get on the plank. It can fit two people. Get on the freaking plank. And my family is just like laughing, trying to like pull me down. And uh-huh. the entire theater is laughing their asses off uh-huh. at this little kiddo screaming at the screen. James Cameron's well, in the back. It's like the most away. emotional moment of the entire three and a half hours wow. is like Jack dying and yeah. everybody in that theater is laughing their pants off because mm-hmm. the six year old cannot handle how stupid <laughs> that entire situation is that Jack isn't getting on the fucking plank. Wow. I still feel strongly about it. I couldn't tell. You know, James Cameron, like, why did you have to do that white shot? If you, you fuck- didn't do the white shot. Then- Liza wouldn't have figured it out. I wouldn't have figured it out. My little P sixteen six year old brain. You know what? I'm glad the Avengers movies have like eclipsed Titanic money wise because it does. He doesn't deserve it for that. With that money, he made us Avatar. Come on, Avatar, Avatar, and now like four more Avatar sequels. No, no. The guy couldn't even make a plank that's small enough. He couldn't even make a movie where he could figure out how big the door was he had to put it in the movie to figure it out what a dummy did he think uh kate winslet was like a bigger than she is he must have there's truly he's body shaming kate winslet oh my god james cameron you piece of shit (laughs) how could you headlines on Uh, january yeah let's get that trending let's cancel james cameron (laughs) isn't he already canceled i don't think so oh not yet here we I mean, go. Did, we're did coming make, for you. Yeah, we're coming for you. He will be out once this airs. Mark James it on your Cameron, yeah, originally mark. body shamed Kate Winslet. Yeah. Just wait until Thursday comes and James Cameron, you're done. Oh my gosh. Do you have a cute theater story? Uh, no, no. I mean, like we would go and see movies a ton at the the Majestic Bay, which is a theater down in Ballard. Back in my day. Back in my day. It the, was two dollars. And um so we went to this is more just a, a story of how dumb we were as kids, but um the Majestic Bay is a locally owned movie theater here in Ballard. And when they renovate they renovated the theater like around the year two thousand. And now it's mm. how it is now. Oh. And it used to be like a one theater movie oh, now one there's screen yeah one screen interesting and so now it's three and they redid it and uh the guy who owns it is a friend of one of my friend's parents and so he like let us go see i think it was the first spider-man maybe so you're like locally you know famous people uh, so like we know the owner of a movie oh theater. my god we know the owner of a local movie theater um and so he let a bunch of us go see spider-man I think the first Spider-Man in the theater for like for free as like this a, is the the I was gonna say the original one the one with with Toby Maguire with yeah. Toby and Toby googly eyes <laughs> yeah have you seen those eyes 
I, it like I, bulge out of his fucking skull. I think I'll not be able to unsee it now, but uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, I love Toby Because those movies. eyes are googly as um, shit. And so we went to see it and, um, you know, they have, have you seen a movie at the Bay? They have their, like yes. they, you know, like at Lowe's, they have their like, welcome to Lowe's mm. or welcome to AMC theaters. Mm-hmm. And this one is, it has a, like a, the, the first, you know, like the first movie, which was like the horse galloping. Mm-hmm. And it does that and it says, you know, welcome to Altaeus Theaters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we had seen a movie there up to that, you know, at that point. So we, a bunch of us had seen the welcome to Altaeus, Altaeus Theaters where the magic happens again and again. And so the guy who owns the theater came up and he was telling this story about, uh, you know, his him building this theater and blah, blah, blah. And then he throws in, Oh, and like somebody asks, like, "Hey, so what's what does Altaeus Theaters means?" And he kind of looks at all of us, like we're all like on the edge of our seats, like l- like waiting for his answer. And he just kind of goes, "Altaeus is Seattle backwards." Nah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you're having this reaction because we were all everybody in the theater went, "Oh!" And like looked at each <laughs> other, like, oh, "Wow, that's that- so smart." Yeah. But like none of us figured it out, and so like and like the look he had on his face of like, am I really being asked this? Okay, it's Seattle backwards, and all of us were like, wow, I didn't realize. So like, I'm glad that we weren't alone, because I felt I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought of it. Maybe if I saw it, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure I've seen it. I think think also like the fact that like the the actual like the the screen when they show it has nothing to do with seattle it's just like a galloping horse yeah so i think you're that not thinking yeah about that. if yeah, it had, if it had like, like a space needle yeah then you'd be like, upside okay. down the space needle upside down <laughs> something like that obviously he wasn't proud of that decision moment no but i think it was like one of those things where he came up with it and was probably like this will be obvious to everybody oh and then but because, do you want that to be obvious i don't know I didn't come up with it. I don't care. But it's not coming up with anything. No, it's not. It's not very creative. No, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I guess we're going to be kicked out of the bay now. We canceled <laughs> James Cameron and now we're not going to be invited to the bay. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I think the bay is a wonderful movie theater. It is very cute. And, and it has a cute little like, let's go, man. I'm not oh, the, okay. So um, when we were younger... The first one, you know, the, the a trip to the movies mm-hmm. and, you know, and uh, oh, yeah, with the big bully with all his popcorn. Well, Tony Taglioni's not a bully. He's just annoying. Oh, OK. And so I don't know if you've seen it, but they they have re they mm-hmm. have like done a new one. They have that takes place in the 70s mm. and it's the same three characters, but Are they're they older. Yeah. Mm. But now they're like all like 17 or 18 years old. Is it played by the same kids? I don't know if it's played by the same kids. It was made by people at ballard high school oh funny my alma mater Ooh, <laughs> and so it's like a it's a they are now older and so but like t- tony taglioni's like a hunk <laughs> and so like uh i forget what the name of the of the boy is mm-hmm. but he's like trying to get him to like buzz off and yeah. so he's like like he you know meanwhile like ellen is attracted to him he has like a mustache he has chest hair and so she's like staring at him like a jock and then yeah but then like whatever his name is is like come on you know the movie's about to start like knocks all of his popcorn out of his hand what and square so he's like the dork in it versus mm-hmm. tony taglioni was is the, the cool kid yeah, now yeah so i 
we saw that recently. Like we just saw, um, I think it was when we saw the Mr. Rogers movie. Oh, okay. There. I was laughing so hard <laughs> during that. Jillian's like, I, are you going to enjoy this more than the movie? The actual movie and I was just like, I mean, see. like part of it is like the nostalgia of seeing the older one yeah, and then seeing a re-up of the, of that. And I was just like, this is great for me. Mm-hmm. I love this. Isn't it a bummer that like people who didn't grow up or have, didn't see the old one are not going to know what the heck that one is for. Could be. I mean, it is totally catered for the people that grew up. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like a, it, it, yeah, but it's not like it. I mean, it is airing in Ballard. It's not like it went national. No, but like, there has been so much turnover in by in Ballard that the people that live in Ballard let them now, feel left out. I guess it's still telling you to go buy popcorn and like yeah. clean off yourself and clean up and yeah. Yeah. So it's a fun it's thing a cute and little PSA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's my movie theater story. Very cool. Very cool. We should have finished with yours. Yours was better. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyways, that'll do it for this episode. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Before we go. If you haven't done it yet, we have bonus episodes that come out on the Patreon. Bonus. We have one out with John Jolly already. Yes. And Brother John. The feed right now shares with Gentleman Overlords bonus episodes. Ooh. And so when this comes out, there will be a Gentleman Overlords bonus episode on there as well. So <gasps> five Double bucks. Treat. Five bucks a month. Get you access to bonus throwback and bonus Gentleman Overlords. That's a double boner. That's a double bone. Gross. Uh, Sorry, you'll you you'll have to hear the Gentleman Overlords bonus episode to hear what we come up with for the bonus title because it's not far off from that. Oh, no. <laughs> I know you guys too well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so go to patreon.com slash goodtalkstudio and uh, subscribe if you'd like. Yes, we will try to not talk about boners on the throwback to school bonus. Yeah, there's enough of that going on on the Gentleman Overlords. Uh, yes. And also, don't forget to like and subscribe, or like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Yes, subscribe on those, and go to the website goodtalkstudio.com and email us if you want to. And if you have any comments about anything we say, you can uh, comment on Instagram or leave us a DM. Yeah, yeah. All right. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye bye.